more I'll cry. So, <laughs> reading today is Malachi chapter 2, verse 17 to chapter 3, verse 5. You have wearied the Lord with your words. How have we wearied him, you ask? By saying, all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord, and he's pleased with them. Or where is the God of justice? I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly, the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purer of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. And the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in the days gone by, as in former years. So I will come to put you on trial. I will be quick to testify against sorcerers, adulterers, and perjurers, against those who defraud laborers of their wages, who oppress the widows and the fatherless, and deprive the foreigners among you of justice. But do not fear me, says the Lord Almighty. Thank you, Tricia. Powerful and challenging words. Father, we pray for a heart to receive what you're saying this morning and help us to be attentive to what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. We heard Philip's prayers earlier for many world situations. Israel, Palestine police brutality in the US, the ongoing war in Ukraine. Just before long, it'll be a year that that's been going on. And we heard, of course, about the persecuted church, millions and millions affected. And we might want to cry out, where is God? Where is the God of justice? Well, they were doing that in this passage, crying out, where is God? Where is the God of justice? They'd been in exile and they were brought back to their homeland and there they were uh, rebuilding the temple the temple rebuilt and they thought it was going to be more glorious than ever but then it turned out to be not so great actually it was a bit a bit disappointing and they were disillusioned and they thought what's going on where is god and malachi comes at this time as a word to be honest, a word of rebuke to his people. He says, you wearied the Lord with your words. God is a bit tired with what you're saying. And you've worn him out by saying, where is the God of justice? Now, why, why is that the case? Well, earlier in that book, the charges against the people that it's you, actually, who need to get yourself sorted before the Lord. You flood the altar of God with tears, but meanwhile, 
you're being unfaithful to your wife. You priests, you come before me with half-hearted sacrifices, thinking, oh, well, that'll do for God. You've got your eyes focused on a whole bunch of other stuff, and you've forgotten me. You do all these things, and you do not fear me, says the Lord Almighty. So these are challenging words. Sometimes we cry out. We don't always get the answer that we might hope for or expect. Now in our Bibles, Malachi is right at the end of the Old Testament. I say it in our Bibles because if you're a Catholic, you have the Apocrypha in the middle. And if you're Jewish, the Hebrew Scriptures are ordered in a different way and the Psalms and so on follow on. But for us, at least, Malachi is at the end of the Old Testament. And you just turn over a page or two and you're into the New Testament. And the first book is the Gospel of Matthew. Malachi says that the Lord is coming. He will come. And the Gospel of Matthew says, he's here. Jesus himself takes chapter 3, verse 1 of this passage. It says, we fulfilled this now. Because before me came John the Baptist, who was a messenger preparing the way for the Lord, and I have come. Now John the Baptist called people to repentance. He called people to turn away from sin. He called people to seek justice and to do just things. And then Jesus came. Suddenly, the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The God whom you desire will come. But when he comes, will you recognize him? When Jesus came, did they all recognize him? Many people didn't see Jesus for who he really was. We might say, well, if I saw him in the flesh, of course I believe. Actually, many didn't. And he looked physically the same to everyone. But you see, if we're spiritually blinded, we won't see. If we're too full of our own comings and goings and our pride, then we might not have our eyes opened enough says here, who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? We cry out for justice, but sometimes if we're totally honest, we want justice because those people over there are so terrible. But the Lord's response is, who can stand? Actually, none of us can stand <laughs> before a holy God. He will come and he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. Now, does anyone like soap? Soap is good. I want to commend soap to you. If you're not familiar with soap, I recommend it. Um, and it is good to have a wash, but of course in those days they didn't have washing machines. And a launderer would you know, rub the clothes and it would be a vigorous process. And if you were a a shirt or a pair of trousers or a robe or whatever they wore. 
It wouldn't be a comfortable process, would it? You'd be scrubbed. Remember when I was a kid, go to school and do PE and come back with mud on my legs and think, I don't want to wash it off. <laughs> I mean, I do wash it off now, but when I was a kid, you know, come on you, you're having a bath. The Lord will come and he will be like a launderer's soap. He will wash you clean. He'll also be like a refiner's fire. We're blessed to have a, a multi-fuel stove in the house. We put wood in it and we can burn stuff. But it's safely behind the glass. But if you're in a refiner's fire, it gets pretty hot. It's pretty uncomfortable. The refiner will take a piece of metal. And what do they do? They, they want to skim off the impurities. And the only way of doing that is by making the metal soft and then the impurities rise to the top and then they, they skim that off. He will be like a refiner's fire. You see, we cry out, come Holy Spirit, as I do, but I sometimes ask myself, do I know what I'm praying? Because he's holy. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver and he will start with those who are supposed to be the holiest people, the Levites. The Levites were the priests. Now you might think, well, they'd be close to God, but they weren't. I'll start with them. I'll refine the Levites and purify them like silver. Now maybe you're into jewellery and you've got gold, you've got silver. If it's pure, it becomes easier and easier to see your reflection in it. If it's impure, if there's dirty stuff in it, you can't see your reflection. God is looking for a people in whom he can see his reflection. It's a purifying process, and I want to say it's a process, it's an ongoing thing, is so that God can see himself in his people. Now, you might find this kind of message a little bit uncomfortable. Or you might think, great. But I want to stress, whichever camp you're in, that this is not our job. This is God's job. He's the refiner. He's the purifier. He's the launderer. Just yesterday I was, uh, you know, just, just dropped this in there, I was doing my marathon training. <laughs> and uh, I was out for a, a run, and by the way, I ran a half marathon yesterday morning. Uh, Not bad, Ruth. <laughs> Easy, come on Tom, we'll do that. <laughs> Halfway there, exactly, I've just got to do the same again. But I was listening to an audio book um, as I was running along. I was listening to a story of a retreat centre in Wales called Thaldi Brennan. Maybe one or two of you have heard of it, maybe you haven't. God laid on the heart of Roy Godwin, who was uh, in charge of the retreat centre, to um, be a centre that would bless everybody. Not just Christians, but everybody. In fact, they prayed for the whole community. And they just wanted to bless people. It was really simple. And anyone who came and visit, they just wanted to pray a blessing on them. They say, look, might not be religious, but I just want to bless you. Is that okay? Can I bless you in the name of Jesus? And he really wanted it not just to be for the cozy Christians, but for everybody. And then they, what they found was um, people just started turning up. One day a couple turned up, 
driving along, and uh, he felt literally this guy, and this is a Welsh valley, middle of nowhere, he literally felt like his car took him to this Welsh retreat centre, Father Brennan. He said, what do you do here? I feel like my car took over and took me to your door. Oh, well, come on in, we'll, we'll explain, we'll put the kettle on, have a cup of tea. He started to explain that it was a Christian retreat centre, and the guy said, ah, you're religious, are you? That reminds me of the story of the bishop and the prostitute. Let me tell you that story. And it was a pornographic story. And Roy Godwin, who's the host, is thinking, boom. <laughs> Don't like this filth in my house. And then the guy went on and told another story, similarly dirty. And then another story. Oh, my goodness. Tell you what, let's not, let's finish the cup of tea. Why don't I take you around the grounds? You'll have a walk around. But as they're walking around the grounds, the windows was open because it was a warm day, and there was all these lovely Christians in the Christian's conference centre, and he's thinking, oh my goodness, they're going to hear all this guy swearing all the way around this centre. He's saying, I want to get rid of him. I don't want him here. But he heard the whisper of the Holy Spirit saying, you're going to bless this man. They went to the chapel. And then as they arrived in the chapel, this man literally fell over. Oh my God, I didn't know you were real. I'm such a sinner. God, have mercy on me. How can I get right with you? I thought it was all just a big joke. He met with God and he was blessed. It's God's job to purify. God's job to wash us clean. Sadly, Christians, we often do a very good job of trying to do God's job for him. Lord, those people over there need purifying. You know, as a young Christian, I shared a house with Tom, and Tom uh, had become a Christian. But, um, so Tom was a smoker. He loved to smoke. Smoked in the house. And I would say to him, Tom, you really should give up smoking. And he nagged him. And he said, but I enjoy it. And uh, in the end, I thought, I've just got to just, I gave up. Quite a long time later, in the end, Tom's just, he said, I think I'm going to stop smoking. I think this is my last one. And that was it. He just stopped. God helped him stop. But what it taught me was that he didn't stop because I'd nagged him. He stopped because God prompted him. Do you know, the purifying process, and I say it's a process, takes place, and we might think, yeah, this is the issue that you need to deal with, God. But God's saying, no. Bide your time. That might come later. The thing that's rising up to the surface is this issue right now. And I'm going to deal with that. When I was living in France, I was in my 20s. I was so passionate. We were uh, doing outreach for a church. And I wanted to see Nantes, a big town, a big city, and our suburb, suburb of Nantes. I wanted to see it saved for Jesus. I wanted to go door to door and tell everybody about the gospel. But the trouble was our team was just not very focused. And the pastor was... Um, so laid back, he was horizontal. You think I'm laid back, he was really laid back. And um, I was so frustrated. I was in my 20s. I was like, I want to reach people for the gospel. And then a, a, a proverb leapt out at me. Better a patient man than a warrior. Better, or better, sorry. Uh, yeah, better a patient man than a warrior. Better someone with self-control than one who takes a city. God was teaching me. He was purifying me in what was a difficult process. I didn't get what I wanted, but I got something better, which was 
God teaching me about patience, about relying on him? He will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He says, I will come. The one whom you desire, he will come. But we can't control what he's doing. So the Holy Spirit is here. What's he suing? What's he saying? What's he doing? You know, we're not called to offer animals as sacrifices, what they did in the Old Testament days. But we are called to offer a sacrifice of praise. Our spiritual act of worship, we, we offer God our all. God doesn't want a half-hearted worship. He's a Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus came and people didn't recognize always what he was doing. And it was the sinners who were drawn to him, wasn't it? There's a woman caught in the act of adultery. I always wonder, how was she caught in the act of adultery on her own? I just don't know how that works. Woman caught in the act of adultery. Where's the man? Caught in the act of adultery. Throw her before... Lord, she should be stoned to death. This is terrible. Whoever's without sin, let them cast the first stone. And one by one, they walk away. He didn't condemn her. He welcomed her. He did say, go and sin no more. But only once he welcomed her. And showed her love and compassion. And saved her life, actually. He's the purifier. Now, it can be uncomfortable. I've never found it easy when God's purified my heart. I'm in a vulnerable position. I can get too big for my boots. I'm on a platform here. I could go, you know, I could get put on a pedestal. God doesn't want that. And I have challenges. Purify my heart, Lord. So we just invite the Holy Spirit to move. He's not just interested in our Sunday behavior, he's interested in our Monday to Saturday behavior as well. Malachi, they're very religious people, but they were being unfaithful to their wives. How are you treating your wife? How am I treating my wife? Come, Holy Spirit. Just going to pause, and I do just want to acknowledge his presence.